You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your Houston, Texas NFL football. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman, and you know you can find this show on all of the major platforms that Stitcher, Megaphone, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to check out YouCanArgueThatSports.com, where Cody and I have created a sports platform for you sports heads and lovers out there. We have a game this week, of course. (laughs) Uh, Ending off the last two weeks, we have to take care of the Buccaneers, and we have to take care of the Titans one more time. And... You remember, Cody, how we were talking about the Broncos and how we don't believe, at least at the time, that wasn't a trap game. This game should be something that the Texans should handle easily. Well, that's not my – how can I put this? That's not where I'm going on the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are also rolling hot right now. So during this show, we're going to talk about the Bucs. Yes, we're going to talk about the Bucks. Speaking of the Bucks, by the way, um, th- there's a team that's on right now that's beating the hell out of an AFC um, team. That would be the New Orleans Saints. They're currently winning 34-0 over the Indianapolis Colts by losing this game. The Indianapolis Colts will be out of playoff contention. But, John, in yesterday's show, you made a statement by saying that Michael Thomas is not a top three receiver in this league. Now, to refresh everyone's memory, we were talking about the good performance that DeAndre Hopkins had against the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. He he recorded another 100-plus receiving yards, and um, he actually played really, really well, averaged 19.8 yards per, per, per catch. In the midst of us hailing Hopkins as the best receiver in the league that I do agree with, you said that Michael Thomas is not a top three receiver. And 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 before, and I'm gonna let you, you know, plead your argument, but this guy, 12 catches, 128 yards, one touchdown in this game against the Colts. This guy is a top three receiver. I mean, in your mind, maybe in a lot of minds of other people, I don't really care what those people think. Listen, DeAndre Hopkins is the number one receiver in the league for me. And he shares that spot with Julio Jones. So they are number one and number two, however you want to flip it. And let's, let's, let's be honest here. If Antonio Brown was still in the league, he would be number two or three. If... Uh, Odell Beckham actually had a quarterback that could find him, uh, get him the ball consistently. He would be number two or three in the league. But you know who we forget about, which is funny because we play this Buccaneers team. Mike Evans has been the epitome of consistent dominance since he's been in the league. And he's played with a quarterback that at times has been hot. In that same possession, his quarterback can be 
very cold. Those are my top three receivers right now, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, and Mike Evans. And listen, Michael Thomas is a animal, right? And and I love watching him play. I love him work. I love watching him work the short game. I really do. But all those guys that you name have a valid case. And I do believe we are probably living in the best era of receivers. I mean, damn lit every single team. Even when you take a look at Keenan Allen with the Chargers, I mean, every single team has a top tier receiver. And I do believe in Houston, the Texans have the best receiver by far. But you are not about to sit here and tell me that Michael Thomas, a guy that's leading the league in reception yards this year, is not a top three receiver in this league first and foremost you said Antonio Brown you might as well write him out the books because I'm pretty sure his career is done second of all the Odell Beckham one is tricky if you we it's only due to the fact that you we know how talented Beckham is and you're 100% correct he does not have a quarterback who can give him the ball so if you want to give Odell over Michael Thomas I'm okay with that but I'm not okay with Julio Jones for the third straight year Michael Thomas numbers has been better than Julio Jones this year Julio has not really been the Julio Jones that we all come to love yes I know it's because of injuries but at the end of the day you're talking about a guy who is leading the league in reception yards. And not only that, he is by far the second hardest receiver to guard outside of DeAndre Hopkins. And this coming from other defenses in the National Football League. I'll say this right now. Julio Jones only has 82 catches. How many catches does Michael Thomas have? Well, let's take a look. Michael Thomas currently has, this year, 121 catches. I think the reason why I'm always going to pick Julio over a lot of guys is because Julio does damage with the least amount of targets and receptions. Michael Thomas has nearly 40 more catches than Julio Jones, and that's based on just the offense they play in and how Drew Brees feeds him over and over and over again. Matt Ryan is, you know, he's going to get the ball out to who's ever hot, who's ever open. We've seen Calvin really take over games. We've seen Austin Hooper have big games. And then every now and then we get a big, big, big game out of Julio, which he just had Sunday. But, and this is no disrespect to Michael Thomas. And, again, I want to reiterate that. I definitely think DeAndre Hopkins is number one. And I think Julio is number two because of what he does. But I don't think, and I'm not taking Michael Thomas over Mike Evans. The only reason why we don't get a lot of Mike Evans coverage is just how bad the Bucks have been for a very long time. Um, but we're going to find out a lot about this Bucks team come Saturday when we take them on, and they're a very hot team. I'm going to say this before we move on. I will be watching. Michael Evans to see what he's going to do against the Texas because Michael Thomas this is a guy who caught 123 reception yards off of 10 catches 13 targets in the game against the Texans so if if Michael Evans doesn't do that or better I, I'm I'm not taking Evans there, there's no way in hell well I will say this is I'm, I'm happy that we're having this debate about uh, Texas receivers in a positive way giving them the light that 
the media just doesn't want to give Houston teams. And guys, I, I promise you, we're going to really get to the topic at hand, which is the Buccaneers. But it seems like the media has beef with Houston franchises. Now, I'm I'm casually minding my business, teaching the kids, and I get a group chat text message, and I see the NFL all-time 100 finalists for receivers, the list. And that list did not have Andre Johnson on there. Now, I think that's the most disrespectful thing I've seen in a very long time, especially in regards to Andre Johnson who came in year in and year out, played with I don't know how many different quarterbacks, I don't know how many terrible seasons, always played quiet, always played with his mouth shut, left it all out on the field, especially gave us one of the best highlights of all time, beating down Corlin Finnegan. How does he not make the finalists for all-time 100 receivers list? But Bob Hayes, who played for Dallas, who only has 74, 7,414 yards and 71 touchdowns. But Tom Fears, who played for the Rams, who only has 5,397 yards and 38 touchdowns. Paul Warfield, played for Cleveland and Miami, only has 8,565 yards. Now, I'll get it. This was in a very run-dominant time. Uh, But let's just take into account that Andre Johnson did play in a run-dominant offense in in an era where they were still running the ball, very much so. And during his time, 14,185 yards, 70 touchdowns, and three separate seasons. One of them was back-to-back of 1,500 yards or more. I don't understand it. I do not understand it, and I never will. I, I don't get the, the the disrespect of Houston teams. And this guy, Andre Johnson, this man, this superhero to a lot of kids in the city of Houston for what he's done for the community and just on Sundays, Mondays, and Thursdays, balled out when Shaw was his quarterback, Carr was his quarterback, Hoyer was his quarterback, Fitzpatrick was his quarterback, Sage Rosenfeld was his quarterback and got the job done on his end, on his behalf. I don't understand it. But, uh, I mean, I'm not picking. I'm not voting. If I would, Andre Johnson would definitely be a part of my top five all-time receiving list because that's how dominant he was. Yeah, it's crazy. Andre Johnson is one of the best receivers of his generations. We're talking about a generation that includes the likes of Terrell Owens and Randy Moss. But at the end of the day, I don't understand it, John. I don't understand it. Just the way I don't understand how you believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be a problem on Saturday. Well, I can't wait to tell you guys why. Because it's very interesting how this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team with Jameis Winston can really make things interesting for the Texans and Titans in this division coming in Saturday. Listen. I'm seeing some trends here, and the Texans have something that the Buccaneers can exploit. But before we move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I got to tell you guys about Spotify Rap. If you are a Spotify listener, use Spotify Rap to show us your top Locked On podcast of the year. Take a screenshot and tag at Locked On Live and Locked On Texans on Twitter, and we will share and retweet. 
So I've been watching Breaking Bad. This is a series who, uh, which everybody has been telling me that you got to watch it. You got to watch it. It's one of the greatest shows, if not the greatest show of all time. And I've I've really enjoyed the growth character of Walter White, just high school teacher, cancer, fighting through. Now he's 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 a drug dealer. He's he's looking for a lot. He's doing a lot. I'm currently about to end season two. But the thing about Breaking Bad is I've seen that the play on words, Breaking Bad, just breaking a lot of bad habits or breaking a lot of bad karma that's coming in your life. Like Walter White constantly he has karma. His wife give is giving him hell, which I think she's the worst TV wife I've ever seen. His partner is terrible. And I, I want to reflect that back on to what the Houston Texans were able to do Sunday against the Tennessee Titans, just breaking breaking a lot of bad habits, doing things differently. I want to give a shout out to Cullen Gillespie and special teams. I mean, he he played balled out on special teams. The special teams came to play on Sunday, and they really, really did a good job of breaking a lot of those bad habits Sunday. Uh, going into Saturday's game, it has to continue because the Buccaneers have won four games in a row. The Buccaneers have been able to really outscore their opponent because they're just so uncanny with the way they do things. Jameis Winston on two possessions can go give you the worst play you've ever seen and then backdoor on the next and give you the best pass you've ever seen. I've seen it with my own eyes. This game, if there if there hasn't been any trap game on the year for the Texans, this is very much so a trap game because Tampa Bay does something that the Texans are not good at, and that is going against a defense like the Houston Texans that can't stop the pass. And Tampa Bay is the best passing offense in the league with Jameis Winston right there in the last two games, 914 yards, eight touchdowns. He's getting it done. And that's why I think this game will be a problem. And I have some facts to prove it. The Texans breaking a lot of habits this year. And we and we, and we have seen this from the coaching staff with Bill O'Brien, Romeo Cornell with their play calling all the way down to Deshaun Watson. But, John, there's one factor that I have yet to see the Houston Texans break, and that is playing down to the level of their competition. Ooh. We have seen it time and time again, and they have yet to break that bad habit. They did it against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which once again, I believe they was out partying because of Watson's birthday, but they did it against the Jaguars. They did it against the Carolina Panthers. They did it against the freaking Denver Broncos. The only thing that concerns concerns me about Saturday is the fact that they're going that they might go into Saturday's game thinking, okay, this is a team not in the playoffs. We got this in the bag. Next thing you know, we're going to be looking. We're going to be looking at our phones, looking at the TV, wherever you get your scores, wherever you watch the game. We're going to be looking at it in the fourth quarter, saying, "Why in the hell is this still a game?" The Houston Texans have yet, and I do mean they have yet to break that habit. And that's the only thing I fear when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with the Texans' mindset. You know, and, and listen, that's a very valid point because at some point we can only go off of what you've shown us, right? And that is just what it is. I'm glad you said that. Now, granted, 
in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in their last four games during this winning streak, they've played the number 20th ranked defense, the number 24th ranked defense, the number 15th ranked defense, and the number 31st ranked defense. In those four games, the Falcons, which is number 20, 35 points. They put up 35 on the Falcons' head. The Jaguar, which is ranked 24, they put up 28 on the Jaguars' head. And then back-to-back games, 38 on the number 15-ranked defense of the Colts, and then the 31st of the Lions. The Houston Texans are currently ranked 28th, allowing 379 yards per game. And that's where this game can get out of hand. The Buccaneers are a team that they go into every game like it's their last fight. I don't have nothing to lose. And honestly, they don't. They're not going to make a playoff push. Even if they win the last two games, they're going to be 9-7. and seven. That's not enough to get into the playoffs uh, unless you was in the NFC East, which you're not, right? You're the NFC South. That's not enough to play to make it to the playoffs. And so they're going into every game like, I'm just going to go out swinging. That's what they've been doing. They have 400 yards per game, 308 passing yards per game. And like I said, I already gave you the numbers that Winston had been able to accomplish in the last two games with 914 yards, eight TDs. And the thing about it is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their defense ranked 16. So they're playing bad defenses, whether it's every Sunday for the last four games or during practice. They're playing average to very much so below average defenses in games and practice. They're going up against their competition every day. And so they've been exploiting teams that are not good at what they're good at beating, and that's stopping the pass. The Texans are not good at stopping the pass. They're also not good at stopping the score, allowing almost 24 points per game. This game can definitely get out of hand. Scarier than the Broncos because you're dealing with a team more importantly, let me say this. You're dealing with a quarterback that you you cannot game plan for. I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback, franchise quarterback, quote-unquote franchise quarterback in Jameis Winston that I just, in every game, well, Jameis does this very bad. We can try to exploit this, but on a game-winning drive, he made the thing that we try to beat him on because we've known him to be so bad on the entire year or the last couple of weeks. He's going to forget about it and just throw a game-winning pass. He's been that Jekyll and Hyde-ish, and going to Saturday's game, it's going to be a tough task to stay disciplined, to limit, 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 limit those passing yards, but more importantly, above all, because he's we know he's going to give those turnovers. Capitalize off turnovers. Score the ball when you take the ball away. Let me just say this. They are riding a four-game winning streak. Jameis Winston has been playing pretty well. Mike Evans also have been. Let me guys say, Jameis Winston has not been playing that pretty well. He's just, you don't know what you're going to get out of. You mentioned that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is on a four-game winning streak. But let me remind you, every single one of those teams will not be in the playoffs this year. The Falcons, the Jaguars, the Colts, or the Lions. The last time they played against a team that's at least a championship contending team was against the New Orleans Saints when they lost 
I do not fear the Tampa Bay Buccaneers whatsoever. You just say that you don't know what you're going to get out of James. Jameis Winston has to be the most confusing player in the NFL right now because you don't know where to rank him. When you look at the amount of hype that was surrounding his name coming out of college, you would think by now he would be on the level as a Deshaun Watson, as a Patrick Mahomes, but he's not. No. And you will think by now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be in that. You know what? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers should be where the Houston Texans are right now. And and I only say that because of, of Jameis Winston. Once again, I do not feel the, the Buccaneers. They're riding a four-game win streak. None of, none of those teams will be in the playoffs. The only thing that concerns me is the Texans' mindset. That's it. Well, and I'm I'm glad you made that point of them playing to the level and never and having to stop doing that. But there's a trend of these last four games. Each of these teams are ranked 15th or below in defense. The Texans are ranked 28th in defense. You see what I'm getting at? Like, we're not that far apart from these teams in the area where the Buccaneers are very good at exploiting. And let's not let's not forget just two weeks ago when we had our very first full secondary lineup, what Drew Locke was able to do, a rookie quarterback was able to do to this secondary. So I'm reserved right now on this Texas defense. The defense is an area of concern going into Saturday's game against Jameis Winston. Well, unlike those other teams, the Houston Texans have a defense that's going to be playing in the playoffs. And there's an important guy. I think his name is J.J. Watt. You you like to call him Justice James. Bill O'Brien did not rule him out of the remainder of the season. There's a possibility that we might see him during the playoffs. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll say this. My thoughts and feelings on seeing J.J. Watt play again this year may not mirror what a lot of other people feel, right? And I'm sorry to break your heart, but I can't wait to tell you how I feel. But speaking of breaking, if you're looking for a last-minute fun sports gift for the holidays, go to breaking.com backslash locked on. Breaking Tea makes Breaking Tea makes sports t-shirts around teams' passion moments. Great for all fans. Go to breaking.com backslash locked on and then feel free to search the site for great shirts and fun sports gifts. JJ Watt, we miss you. We miss you. But at what cost? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Texans, only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Cody Davis, John, some sports guy Hickman along with you guys. You know, week eight, J.J. Watt suffered what could have been, we all thought, was a season-ending injury. And uh, last week, Bill O'Brien sort of like hinted at the possibility that he may not miss the remainder of the season. But some good news, fairly good news, I must add, During his press conference on Monday, Bill O'Brien spoke about the possibility that J.J. Watt may make a return this year. Now, when talking about the possibility of him coming back 
it's looking like it's going to be in the playoffs. But when asked about it on yesterday, Bill O'Brien stated the following. I'm going to tell you that JJ is working very, very hard. And he certainly made progress based solely on worth ethic and who he's working with in the training room. Moving forward about the possibility of a return, we're going to see how it goes. Bill O'Brien did not come out and fully say that J.J. Watt will be returning this year, but the fact that he hinted at it shines light in a positive way. Earlier in the year, me and John, we spoke about it. Did we see the last of J.J. Watt? You know, I was on the side of saying that J.J. should come back not this season, but come back next season because at the end of the day, this is a guy who, after everything he's he's accomplished in his career, is going to be heartbreaking for him to end his career without a championship ring. My co-host John, on the other hand, he was talking about, you know, J.J. Watt should retire because we don't want to see another great player battle injuries and, and just be a shell of his former self out on the field. I say all that to say there's only two games left in the regular season. You know he's not going to come back on Saturday, and you know he's not going to be ready for the season finale. Is this a team that can make a push to the Super Bowl? Maybe. But the chances of this Texans team making the Super Bowl being realistic is slim to none. I personally do not want to see J.J. Watt rushing back from an injury both John and I would just like to see J.J. Watt, if he is healthy enough to come back, just wait it out until next season. Get your body together. Get 100% healthy. Like I mentioned earlier, is this a team that can make a push to a Super Bowl? I'm not going to say no, but the, but the possibility is slim to none. Locked on Texas podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. As always, Cody Davis and John, some sport guy Hickman here, providing you with Houston, Texas news every day, Monday through Friday. Please follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTexans. Please follow me on Twitter, Cody Davis, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. You might wondering what happened to John, but <laughs> we had some technical difficulties and Uber Conference kicked him out. So that's why I was able to carry on this last segment. But um, you know where to follow John. That's some sports guy with two wives where he talk about all things. I talk about basketball, football, 100% all sports. Word from the wise. If your co-hosts get kicked out, (laughs) please carry on the show. (laughs) We miss you, John, and we hope you come back soon. Peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.